Welcome to the Spirituality Out Loud podcast, where you'll hear real-life stories of people's unique spiritual journeys in their own words from their own viewpoints. Hosted by Leslie Seidel, relationship expert and spiritual mentor, who specializes in working with people on their relationships, from their romantic life to their work life and just plain life. Here's Leslie. Welcome, everyone, to yet another episode of the Spirituality Out Loud podcast. I am Leslie Seidel, and today I am very grateful and so excited to have Diane Allen. Hi, sweetie. Hi. (laughs) So she is a friend of mine, and uh, yesterday I was just on her podcast, Somebody Gets Someone Gets Me. She is amazing. So if you have an opportunity to find her podcast, please do. Again, it's Someone Gets Me. Diane is, oh, she is a mentor, an author, a speaker, a podcaster, a life catalyst. Uh, She is sweet and kind and has a wonderful story. And she uh, works a lot with bright and sensitive people to help them navigate the world. And she's also an author. She's written three books, well, four books. One is just now coming out, and it's called Daily Meditations for Visionary Leaders. And I'm in it. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So, so, thank you so much for taking the time. Two days in a row, I get to talk to you. I know. This is awesome. I love it. And you're welcome. I'm so happy to be here with you. Yeah. So as you are, uh, you do, you're loving my podcast, which I'm really grateful for, you know the drill. We start at the beginning. What are your first memories and what is your first experience of religion or spirituality? Were you raised with it? Were you not raised with it? Tell us about yourself. Well, I wasn't really raised with any religion directly, and, but it influenced my world through friends and things like that. Yet, I think my mom really was very spiritual in her own way. She was a musician, and she was probably way more progressive than most people her in her time, even though she never called it that. And when I look back on it, you know, I think that. I think our religion, if you will, in fact, we used to laugh about it, was racing sailboats. I was raised in Sarasota, and I have a brother younger than me, and we raced sailboats. That's what was our family sport. The family was always together and that's where we were every Sunday. And so I remember like in junior high and high school, all the other boats and the people were like, well, this is our church. Every once in a while, I felt like I was missing church because all my friends went or whatever, but sailing was so magnificent that I didn't know what I was missing. So it was kind of like I felt this yearning and it was satisfied by sailing somewhat and nobody was answering any of my questions anyway. So I just kind of cruised along and really saw the water and nature and the wind as my representation of what I would now call spirituality. I would never have used those words then. I don't even know I had if I had that in my vocabulary at that time, but that's how life was. I remember my mom, oh, I don't know. She was always a catalyst for this stuff. Probably second grade, maybe, maybe third and taking us to the Unitarian Church, which now is Unitarian Universalist, but back then it was just Unitarian, because she said it was the closest thing to what she believed. I think it was because I was on a Girl Scout trip, and they made us pick a church to go to, and of course I had no information, so I just went to the earliest one, which was either Episcopalian or Catholic, and I didn't know anything about any of it, but I wanted to be done earlier than everybody else. 
And so I think she took us in response to me asking those questions. I remember my brother coloring American flag in some nursery, you know, some nursery school thing or whatever. And he didn't like it. And I thought it was ridiculous because they didn't say anything about anything. And she goes, okay, well, that's it. And I don't think we ever went there again. Like we got our taste and that was it. And um, I don't remember anything remarkable about it other than my brother not really liking to color the flag. Like, I don't remember anything about my experience other than like what this is like, you know, weird. I, but I was so into sailing and everything too, you know. So it sounds like you were a seeker. You did want to know more, but it wasn't a religious thing and it wasn't, and you didn't really have the vocabulary for it. But I, I do love the idea that, that you did find this, you had a community with the sailing, you had nature, you're together with family, mm-hmm. right? So there's, there's a lot of components to a religion right. or to a spirituality like, right. that were being met in the sailing community and in that action with the family. I could see that. Yeah, it was very, very fulfilling. And I wouldn't trade that part of my life for anything. Never. It was great. So as you got older, how did things shift? So, cause you were, you did have questions, but you didn't, did those questions continue or did something happen? What happened next? Um, well, there were still questions, always questions with me. Um, and I never really even saw myself as that inquisitive until recently. Like I look back and I'm like, I was, I think I could say that I'm gifted with being naive because I would ask questions and experience things and check out stuff and having no real awareness of where it was going. And I think that open-mindedness has paid off, you know, over the years. But in high school, my best friend was Jewish. I resonated with her family a lot. And in fact, at one point in my life, I called her parents mom and dad the same I would have mine. In fact, they culturally adopted me kind of. So um, I was very close to them and very much aligned with them in a lot of their understandings of things. Not that I converted or not that I became that religion, but I was I really respected and loved it and them. And I felt real connected to them. And I didn't, by this time I was in high school and I did not really feel connected to my biological family much. And I was like the black sheep. I was not very well accepted in my family. I started believing that like either I was adopted or I was an alien or there was something wrong with me. And I went through really bad self-esteem problems thinking that what is wrong with me? And because I was not like my family. I never really did understand it. I don't even know if I fully understand it now, really, but I did it then for sure. And um, so I really identified with this Jewish family. They were very close to me. And then I went away to college and I was young. I was like just barely 17, 16, 17 when I went to college. And I remember going to a couple of different churches because somehow I had this idea (laughs) that if I was going to be a responsible adult away from home, that you went to church on Sunday or you did the spiritual thing. And I don't even know where that happened other than just the world, you know? So I remember going to one of the churches and I remember the stained glass all being orange and blue. And of course it was University of Florida Gators, which is orange and blue. But somehow I thought that was odd that in a church, all the stained glass orange and blue is a little much. I don't, I remember that the service was nice, but I, all I remember is going, I can't go here that the stained glass is weird. Like, and, um, and so I would go to different places here and there, but mostly still sailing. So I would go home and race. And so I never really found a spiritual community. So I was always looking around, but I didn't even realize I was seeking. I was just asked, you know, checking. And I even took a world religions class. I loved it. 
what I really loved was the diversity from like Eastern religions and Western religions and religions that aren't around anymore that were really cool and the roles of different people, the most unsuspecting people that would like kind of shine through. And, and it was interesting because I think I was really into it as a, from a literature standpoint, more than a spiritual connection standpoint at that time, because I think I was kind of shut down a lot from a lot of family craziness and trauma and dysfunction and the world was chaotic and I was trying to find my way. So I wasn't really all that open. I didn't know anything about meditation yet or any of that. So I was just trying to find my way, probably living in my head and trying to see how it all went. But it was fascinating now when I look back on it because it really set the foundation for how things have evolved. Though then I would not have called that at all. <laughs> right. It's so interesting how the, there's what happened in our experience, what happened and then our opinion of it looking back, how yes. we can start to connect the dots and how we got from where we wanted to where we're going to go. And, right. and just simple things of like the answers being told to us, right? No, not here, just simply because of the stained glass, right? Like, and, and just simply like, that's not my place. So let's go find my place. Right. I was always seeking that kind of finding where's my family, where's my home, where's that, mm -hmm. that group? Because I really, that's why my podcast is Someone Gets Me, because really most of my life, no one's gotten me. My own family never understood me. Most of my friends didn't understand me. Still, most people don't understand me. I just don't take it as personally now as I used to. Um, but it was very hard at those times because I really wanted somebody to understand me and I wanted to feel like I belonged somewhere. I never truly did. I felt a little bit of it, but not all the way. And I could never even express it because I, I didn't know, you know. It's really interesting, though, because we had just talked yesterday on your about your podcast and and so we talked about, I talked about the wounded healer, right? Mm -hmm. And so you've had this experience of feeling alien and feeling like no, but no one gets you. And all of these experiences, which now you have found your way out through to where you feel comfortable in your own skin, you know who you are, right. you found community around you. So you can turn around and help the next person find that same path, mm -hmm. right? It's so yes. beautiful that, you know, that, that I'm... I'm sorry you had that experience and I'm incredibly grateful that you get to now be a beacon of light and for others. Right. And, and, and now I see that, that that's the part of the beacon. That's why the company is visions applied because it's like, I see the vision in all of us, like this blossoming of great light coming out of us, the more we free ourselves from whatever the trap is, you know, I call it the bondage of human ignorance, you know, and the more we're free of it, which is why I love this podcast so much yours, you know, is, the more free, the more the light shows up, the more the vision shows up, the more we see clearly, you know, all of those things. I notice that that's how kind of coming out of the murky water into like, hey, there's light out here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what happened after that? So I went, I went, I moved um, out of Gainesville when I graduated and then I was working in another city. And I remember again, going to different churches, thinking I really needed to go to a church. And I don't really know why other than I thought I needed to be going to you that's what responsible people did and so I tried out a bunch of different ones in that city and they were kind of okay and a couple of them I went to more than once but I never really felt connected um, like a family like a spiritual family and then um, time went by and kind of went like that and then and sailing's always there and so both of those things were happening and then I um, had that I ran a, owned a treatment center for a while for women who were, um, had experienced trauma and who were substance abusers. They kept talking about this one church 
this unity church that I'd never even heard of unity and um, how that was a female minister and she was really amazing and all these things. And they kept talking about it like over months, all these different people. And so I'm like, I'm going to go check it out because I'm like a little Miss Curious. So I'm going to go see what it is they see. Now, the funny thing is I was going to see what they see so that I could relate to them better in their sessions, not because I was checking it out for me. And when I went there, it was big. There was probably 400 people there, which to me was huge. And I'm an introvert. So that, or I just getting an introvert to go into a big place like that. I had to be doing research in my mind or I probably never would have done it. Right. Right. In service to someone else. Right. You're willing to go. Right. And I'll do it for you, but not for me. Right. And I, um, at the end, like I loved the sermon, which they call lesson and I loved it all. But the thing that sealed the deal was they sang the peace song. Let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. I still get goosebumps. I think about it. That song moves me. And I'm like, these are my people. And I actually left with tears in my eyes, weeping. Like, these are my people. Like they get that. I didn't know anything about the you know, the belief system behind that. I didn't know anything other than I was checking out, but I really resonated right away. And so I read some of the books by spiritual. I had a spiritual mentor that I now call spiritual mentor. Then was somebody I worked with. He um, had given me a book that was written by the founder of unity. I didn't know all this though years before. And I put it down because I couldn't read it. Like I couldn't understand it. And then, but now I get, then I started to get like, Oh, this is this. And so all these little synchronicity events came together when I went and sat there it was like, Oh my, that's what he was talking about. That's what this person was saying. And then, and I finally felt like there was some kind of road of all the people. Like, it's kind of like, where have you all been all this time? You know, like there, there, I found them. I found them, whoever all the people were. So that was a huge time for me um, because I actually felt like I could go to church or be around people who would get me on that level. And I got them. Which I think is also, you know, when we talk about spirituality in general, I think that community and being seen and being, you know, identified with is a really big piece of spirituality, Mm -hmm. right? It's really hard to do it in isolation. I I love that that is one of the pieces you talk about, right? That this is, that that's community is a part of this. Yes, it is. And I didn't realize how much I didn't have it until I felt it in that time. So then I knew like what my clients were talking about. And like when I started seeing them and I had a group and everything, like I got things differently. It was neat. Like I finally felt more alive in that way. So it was kind of cool. So I went to Unity for a long time, different ones. I lived in a different town than the one where that particular one was. And I kept going to that one and I learned a lot about, you know, like I'm little, I realized that Unity attracts very intelligent people who like to use their mind, who are also very sensitive, which is who I am. Mm-hmm. Again, I wouldn't have said that about me then, but it's true. Mm-hmm. So I, um, I resonated with it. And so that's where I would go. And in fact, several different people that I was dating at the time would be like, you're going to church? Like, why are you going to church? What's up with that? And I would go anyway. And for me, that was a strong stand, you know, like if you can't deal, deal with it, then too bad. Mm-hmm. So I would be in church if I wasn't racing boats. Mm-hmm. I still hadn't given up the sailing for it. And nor would I expect myself to, but if I wasn't on the water, I was in church. So it was A or B instead of A or nothing. And also, I like the idea that both ways you are worshiping, right? Mm-hmm. Both ways right. you are being fulfilled and being communing with that you, which you find holy. Right, right. right? Which is important. Yes, I think it's very important. It was funny because being a sailor, I um, love the wind. 
shortly after I started going to Unity, I started wondering, like, what is God anyway? Like, how do people talk about Jesus? Or people are very anthropomorphic about it, and Unity is not anthropomorphic, which is why I resonate with it. But most people don't even know what anthropomorphic is, much less. Well, what is it? It means assigning human qualities to something not human. <laughs> oh, yeah. So when somebody says he, you're making God a human when God is not human. So, and I get that, and I get that at the core, and which is, I think, why I was always searching was where are the people who get that God's not anthropomorphic? Though I didn't know the, I didn't get the word then, but I knew it. I remember um, trying to figure out what God was like, what would I say about what God is? You know, the I am that I am, and, and I hadn't, I had never read the Bible at that point. I mean, Unity uses it as a textbook, but I wasn't raised reading the Bible. I, although I always wanted to, and I read it for different school projects here and there, but never like for my own development. And so I, I um, remember going, I didn't know what God was. Like I couldn't mm. get the God thing. Like, how am I going to have a picture of this, even though I have this feeling and this faith and this belief, right? Mm. So I remember going down to this jetty at the beach where I live and and just looking at the gulf and the sunset, and it's magical. It's one of the most beautiful places on earth. And I remember feeling the breeze on my face and watching the sea oats blowing. And I went, that's it. Mm. That's God. God is the wind. You can cannot see it, but you see the effect of it. Mm. And it was like, whoa, you know, all the tough. It was amazing. And I'm like, I can't, okay, I got this. Friends that, well, of course you see God as the when you're a sailor. I never connected that I, that I was experiencing it all along. Like it didn't yeah. put that together in that moment on the beach. It was like, whoa, I can get this and I can be in this where I can, I can't see it, but I see the effect of it. Is and that still your description of God today? Largely, largely, <laughs> um, because I believe that God is everywhere present and we can't see most of it unless we call it in. So Largely, I use that in my mind. Um, I use light, too. There's other things I say and use in my understanding. But I really appreciate that living in the mystery and in the unknowing is very wonderful to me and very loving, and I like it. And I love being able to see the effect without seeing what cost it all the time. Yeah. Like, I dig that. Yeah. So well, I mean, part of the thing that's really interesting to me is I kind of see this assigning, right? Assigning human qualities to God to be part of the process, to be part mm -hmm. of the understanding, right? And right. so for myself, I absolutely have done it. And, and today, you know, there are days when I really want to like have some juicy description, right? That I am so sure about. And the thing is, I, I know that that description will, will bend and, and move. And, and so, you know, the way I hold it is when I think in my mind's eye, you know, about the earth and here you go. And I can hold that. I don't know if I've told you this before. Um, but, and then I think of the solar system and the different planets and I kind of can hold that vastness. And then you tell me that there's this thing called a Milky Way with like a lot of solar systems. And I kind I've seen an image, right, of this cloudy thing. And so I vaguely can hold that. And then you tell me something like there's a lot of Milky Ways and my brain just goes, like I just, I can't hold that level of vastness. Right. And I, I see that that's how I connect with the, the higher power, right? Is that I just, with my human brain, there's no way to touch all the edges. There's no way to hold it or understand it in that fashion. And, and so I have moments of merging and moments of 
oh, I've got it, right? I've got it. Here it is. <laughs> I know it, right? The, the, the spiritual experience you're explaining, right? Standing mm -hmm. in the eddy and just feeling it on your body and saying, this, this, this right here, you know, and then it moves, right? Because we're not all spirit and we're not all earth. And, and so it, you know, and today I'm less, attached right i want to hold that feeling right humanity i want to hold on to that experience and just i'm i'm more at ease and playful you had talked about playful yesterday just playful with my relationship with my higher power right right yes. and really just allowing following what resonates with me as truth I mean, that's one of the things i keep hearing i hear you talk about you went from place to place to place until you resonated with truth right Right. Yeah. And that's the beautiful thing. And, and when they, when you take a lot of these places and really put them side by side comparison, they're saying a lot of the same things in different ways. Right. Just what resonates with you. It's right. so beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating actually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I got that part sorted out. So I'm like, okay, okay, I got this God thing. And, and everybody, you know, and all my friends would talk about like Jesus or this or that. And I could get it. Like I understood it. And I also had the sense of there's more to it. So I really always had the yes and belief. It naturally came that way. Like, yeah, it's that. And it's this. And it's this. And it's yes. Like, I think that's why I like sailing at night because I could sail under the Milky Way and see it and live there and, and be in the vastness of it all. And when you're out in the middle of the ocean at night and it's dark and the sky blends to the water and you're there, it's that, that's close to that, you know, okay, you know, when you really realize like what that is, like where you are and all of that. And, um, and I love that connection. So I think it's really cool. And then my clients I was telling you about, we're talking about this person and how perfect this church was and how it's debt free and all that. And I'm like, well, that's cool. And I'm running my own business now. So I remember very logically again, <laughs> it's so funny to me now thinking, well, if this is a female person and she can run a church debt free, I want to know how she's doing that business. Nice. And I had a business and I was a female and I'm blonde. And so being a blonde woman, I went year was this early nineties. Like, how do you do it? You know, without being all the prejudice and stuff. So I went to ask her the questions, very matter-of-factly, by the way. So matter-of-factly is scary. Like, I'm like, okay, because I'm, again, doing research. And so I go, and I'm sitting in this room that's very small. It's probably six by eight or something. It had, like, two rattan chairs in it and a picture of Jesus and a, and a couple lights. Like, it was more like a meditation prayer room. And I'm sitting there, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and she's a little late. And I'm reading Celestine Prophecy, actually, at the time. It had just come out. And I'm like, that's fine. I'll sit here and read my book while I'm waiting. I, I'd never spoken to a minister one-on-one -on -one in a minister-person conversation ever. Mm -hmm. So I didn't even know what I was going to say. I was going to find out how she ran the church. That's all I was going to do is how did you do this debt-free? Clearly, that's not what happened in the conversation, but that's what I was about. So she shows up. We do a little opening prayer thing, and, and then she says, well, how can I help you? And I said, I don't even know now. I stumbled over my words a little bit, but I said, I just want to know kind of how you do it. I don't even know what happened, like how the conversation went. I don't remember. But all I remember is there's this moment where we were sitting knee to knee and she grabbed my hands like, like in my face almost, but not in a mean way, like in a passionate way and said, don't you, did you ever want to be a minister? And I, at that very moment, like as this is happening, 
the Jesus picture behind her, which is a cool picture of, of just this beautiful picture of Jesus, and more as a teacher, you know, with the robe on, um, was behind it, lit up, mm. like a burning bush lit up. And we're in a dark, fairly dark room. So I'm like, where did that light come from? And then I just started weeping and I said, yes, the whole time this is happening to me, the rest of my brain in the background is going, what? <laughs> yeah. What? And I'm, and I'm like, yes. And she goes, don't you see it? Every time you go in a room, you know where the altar would be and where you would speak and all this. And I'm like, yes, yes. And I was like in it so strongly. And that picture lit up so brightly that I'm like, okay, this is too surreal for me. I don't even know how to, what even to do with this. So she gives me all this information to start going to seminary. Now I've already have a couple degrees and I have a successful career. So going to seminary was not really ever in the cards. Mm -hmm. Never was it a thought, never any of that. And then this day happened and I'm like, drive back to work going, well, I know when I get back to work, my assistant, who is this cool guy and the doctor I worked for the same spiritual mentor that gave me the book 10 years before they'll, they'll talk me out of this. They'll tell me that this is crazy, you know? <laughs> so I go to work. I'm probably as white as a ghost. I open up the door of the car and my assistant walks up and goes, so how was it? Cause they knew what, what I was doing. Yeah. And I said, I think I'm going to seminary. And I think I probably look like I saw a ghost or something. And he goes, perfect. That's awesome. That's right up your alley. Don't you see everybody comes to you for spiritual advice. And I didn't see any of it. Like I what? And then he started listing and I'm like, Oh, all right. And I still hadn't really, you know, I was still in shock. And so I, the whole day I'm going, I know I'll go talk to the doctor, you know, cause I stayed in his, he had a really big house at the compound and I st stayed in town while I was working during the week and went to my home at country on the weekend. I go, I know, ask him. His name's David. I said, I'll go ask David tonight. And he'll, he'll set me straight. He'll tell me this is crazy because he, you know, I trust him and he's honest and he's spiritual. And so I go and see him later that night. And I said, so this is what happened. You know, I'm going to go to the seminary or they want me to apply to go to the seminary. And this is what the conversation was. And I just really think I should go to the seminary and be a minister. And he was like kind of propped up in his bed watching TV. He, Lung, like shot for it. Oh my God, darling, whatever I can do to support you, that would be great. Clearly not the answer I thought I was going to get. And he was a hundred percent behind me. And if he was a hundred percent behind me in something like that, then to me that he was the most credible person or the most person I would go to my biological family, my mom, who was so open-minded earlier in my life, did not have a very open view. In fact, I got a lot of it. My Jewish family, the, that my best friend's family that was Jewish, they were fully supportive. So I thought this was all weird. And no, it was just so strange, but I just followed the next step. And so I filled out the application and I remember going, I don't know how to fill this out. My spiritual history, I don't have a spiritual history. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I could write this down. I was born here, I was baptized here. I didn't know any of that. <laughs> and so I go down, David, I don't know what to put in this. Like days later, he goes, You're, you know, just write your spiritual history. That's all they want. You know, and I'm like, well, there's nothing. And it came to me in the middle of the night. I don't even know what I wrote now, but I wrote it. Go to seminary, learned more than I ever could hope to know about all the coolest stuff ever. Like the neatest teachers, the neatest experience. I loved it. Well, I really love listening to you. I mean, <clears throat> I, I talk about this a lot, which is, you know, there's this Michael Jackson video, Billie Jean, where the, the floor lights up, right? And yes. you only need to know what the next step is. The problem is the humanity in me really wants to know where I'm going. But in these big, intense times, you just followed the next light up, right? I'm going to go talk to this <laughs> minister. Here we go. 
light up, light up. Okay, this isn't a good idea. I'm going to give the power over to my, you know, my assistant. Oh, yes, no, light up. Wait, you're right. Like, it's just all of the green flags as you're walking down this path, right? I, there was a school I went to uh, for graduate school called Pacifica, and it's amazing. It's young and it's so, uh, it's amazing. But I, I was like, oh, I really want to go there. And, and I just, I had to do what you just did. Which is, well, well, I'm just going to go to a information session, right? So I go to the information session. And they say, we're going to waive the application fee. All right. Well, if you're waiving the application fee, it doesn't hurt to try, right? And so then I'm like, okay, so I just apply. And the whole time I'm like, I just, I throw it away. Like, I'm not even going to worry about that, right? I don't know how I would pay for it. I don't know how this is going to work. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And then they, and so I was like, well, I mean, if I'm doing this application, I mean, the longest problem is the recommendations or the transcripts. So I just shoot off emails just to a couple people. And then those just came in. Right. And I'm like, that's interesting. And then I just didn't do anything. And then I get an email from the school. Hey, do you want to do an interview? And I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. You know, like each time thinking the answer will get to be no. And each time, I mean, and I think I completed the process a week before I started. <laughs> And I just, I just kept doing the next right appropriate action, right? Mm -hmm. And it just sounds so much like what, and I just was like, oh, well, I guess the answer is still yes. Okay. I guess the answer is still yes. yes, right? And I, you know, I end up in this amazing school, this beautiful just school and you do the same thing, right? Wait, wait, how did I end up here? I just keep following the next, right? And it's so beautifully spirit led. Yes. Right. And so you get to go and you get to learn all these things, which I think from the sound of it, you were learning anyway, just yes. not with the title. Right. Right. And so now you get to immerse yourself in this language and land that you'd already been learning and already been seeking. Right. Right. And so you went to seminary and graduated. Yes. And, and uh, then what? Well, then I ran a prayer center and did a church and I had a real interesting mixed experience because that same woman who got me in, I, for whatever reason, there was a lot of politics mm -hmm. and there was a lot of harm done to a lot of people mm. around me and including me mm -hmm. in the name of God. Mm. And so I got to understand what that really means to be torn up in the name of God, which other people had experienced that I knew I had never. And it was awful. Some of my friends wanted to never be around church or God or anything ever again after seeing what happened to me. And I somehow had the wisdom to know that it was not God or the church. It was the people. Mm -hmm. And um, so it was a very tumultuous time. Like I really wondered like what was going on. I learned everything I was supposed to learn. I aced all my interviews and then I got attacked unmercifully in, mm -hmm. in a way that I still barely even want to, you know, I just go whatever. Like now I'm so distanced from it. But in the beginning, I'm like, you're not, the attack was out of alignment with what you said you believed. Mm -hmm. And because it didn't align up with what they said they believed, again, I could use my brain to say, well, then I'm just not meant to be around this particular group. But you can't take away my education or my calling or my passion. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I kind of moved away from all of that. Um, I mean, I gotta say, it's so beautiful. And I, and I, I hear how much work it was and I hear how painful it was. Mm -hmm. And I want to honor that. I think women who stand in their power get attacked, you know, and to be able to, even now, I mean, 
it still sounds painful mm -hmm. and not to hold the institution and instead really see the humanity of it, right? I can easily right. see things that priests have done, things that have done in the name of different churches and just be so horrified by that and still hold the ideas, right? The shadow and the humanity. And I just want to honor that I hear that in you. And that's, that's mm -hmm. a lot of work. And that's putting your spiritual life to work, right? Yes. That's living the words and the deeds that you were taught. Mm -hmm. And I yeah. just, I, I really honored that. Thank you. Yeah, because it was a really hard time. And and even now, sometimes when I see some of the people, I like, I don't, yeah, I don't, I'm not really upset anymore, but I like, wow, I can't believe I lived through that <laughs> almost, you know. But I also know that because I really do try to stay aligned as best as I can, that somehow it all works out. So that was really tricky. And, and that was okay, though, in a way, because I grew for it. And like I said, you can't take my education from me. You can't take what I know. And and if, if I'm supposed to be an instrument of God, then no human can stop that other than me. So where, so where are you now, right? Because oh. I do see you as this instrument of God. I do see you as, I mean, one of the things I'm passionate about is the idea that my spiritual life, these spiritual tools are meant to be lived. It is not a theory. I need to live it. It's not Sunday. It's not Saturday, depending on your religion. It's not this thing that happens in that two-hour window of time. It is something that happens behind the wheel of my car, making decisions about my family, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so that is how I know you, right? I know mm -hmm. you as someone who listens to the, the guidance. And you've told us all these stories mm -hmm. of listening to the guidance. So tell me how it shows up today. If I'm jumping forward, but I'm just really curious how that shows up for you today in your life. It shows up today in, the, in a very interesting mixed bag of things. Um, uh, during all this time, we're going to fast forward because there's tons of things. I um, became curious about Catholicism and um, actually took the RCA and converted to Catholicism about five years ago. I love it for the mystery. Hmm. I love it because I don't have any of the guilt craziness that people talk about. I love it because when I was going through a horrific business issue where I was being attacked and stalked actually by a business partner, it was the women of that Catholic church that held me up. There was some, you know, like a friend of mine even earlier said, you know, you're being called there because the people who are Catholic know how to fight evil better than anybody else. And they mm. will, they will be there for you. And I didn't know anything bad was happening, you know, or going to happen or whatever. And it, the truth was they did. And the truth is that I had a more spiritual food and support than I could ever have asked for. I wouldn't, didn't see it coming. I didn't have a reference point. But what I do know is that the mystery of having a faith that also has just all the energy that goes in it, I don't even know how to describe it, to me is fascinating. I've had a lot of prophetic dreams since then a lot of information come through spiritually because I'm very spiritually open and I see it as a cornerstone and a value. It doesn't take away my belief in metaphysics. It's funny because some of my friends who go to the cathedral with me, well, they, they would not listen to your podcast anyway, because, you know, <laughs> um, but they sometimes look at me and say, you talk to those people and they could lead you down the wrong road. Mm -hmm. And what I hear that is I'm so afraid I'm standing over here, you know, and that's okay. I love them. 
and I can discern. And if I go down the wrong road, I'm sure I'll be spiritually led away from that wrong road. Um, and so I really am happy and grateful now that that beginning childhood with no information that I had a time where I was resentful about mm-hmm. really is paid off because I haven't had to do any healing of old guilt or worry about this or I have none of that to clean up. And when I was little, my mom always said, you'll make your own decisions as you get older. You'll make your own decisions. And I had no idea what that meant. And now I see the wisdom in what she did. I didn't understand it, but there was great wisdom in her, probably beyond her years. And so my current life spiritually is yes to all of it. I meditate every day, every morning. I journal every morning. I bless people when I'm driving. If I my eyes land on a person, my heart says, bless you, um, almost always even when I'm not in a good mood or even if I'm like, whatever, I don't care. I'm still a blessing. And I learned in seminary, you never, 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 never refuse to offer a blessing. Mm. And so I just do it all the time. So that I, I've kind of mixed it all. Mm-hmm. I mean, I go to mass every week cause I love it. Mm-hmm. And I go to church when I want to, cause I love it. And I go to sound healing. I love gong sound healing and I love it. And that's spiritual for me. And mm-hmm. I, hang out on the beach and I go sailing and there's God there in the wind. So I love it. And so my whole world is spiritual first. Mm -hmm. And it's a little tricky in human form sometimes (laughs) because I do get attacked a lot Mm -hmm. and I am very sensitive. So it gets tricky Mm. and some days are harder than others, but I also know that I'm sustained. One of the things the minister in the, in the seminary said that just popped back in my head that, that I hold to be true. And she always would say, the higher you go, the stronger the wind. Yeah. But always remember the mountain sustains you. Yeah. It's beautiful. Isn't that beautiful? And so I'm like, okay, you know, all right, the wind's strong. I know how to sail through heavy air anyway. It's just, I'm sustained. And so even when, even when I can't see outcomes of something or how something's going to turn out, there's always a higher, better divine purpose. And so I tell my clients all the time, you never know what it's going to look like. It's always better, but don't think for one second, you know, Mm -hmm. um, because you're going to be wrong. And if you try to orchestrate it to be that limited view, you're going to be very sad. Mm -hmm. And so I love to just be in that place and connect with people who can get that it's wider and bigger. And now when people look at me and they don't get me, I just grin and think of my podcast. Someone gets me and move on. Cause if people listen to my podcast, they get me, you get me, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? So it's, it's like, it's all about the yes. And for me, it's, yeah. I love it all. And in that I have my peace, no matter what my emotion is. Like I can have my spiritual peace and spiritual joy, no matter what's going on mm-hmm. in the human world, like getting my book into the printer has been a real trick. <laughs> and um, depending on the moment you catch me, it could be, you know, And I also know that it's all in perfect divine timing. And I know that if I keep doing the next right thing and I stay true to my integrity, that any attempt to thwart it by any outside force, if there was one, can't work. So it's okay. Beautiful. It's all perfect. I just looked at the clock for the first time and it's 2.22, (laughs) which of course. Um, So (laughs) I just... Thank you so much for your time and your path and to share your intimate story with me and with the listeners here. And if you are called, right, if the thing that lights you up 
is Diane. How would they find you? How would they get a hold of you? All of this will be in the liner notes, by the way. But if you feel called right this minute to look her up, why don't you tell um, some people about a little bit what you're doing now? Well, I'm doing, I get goosebumps when you say that. I am doing a lot. My website is visionsapplied.com. Mm-hmm. That I have all kinds of things there, but I have my podcast, of course. That's for the bright and sensitive kind of talented people who don't feel understood in the world. Mm-hmm. And I'm, my book is coming out daily meditations for visionary leaders of which you're in. And in that book, I kind of put together historical big, great names like Socrates and Aristotle and Lao Tzu with current contemporary people who are living and breathing today, still speaking these great, powerful words. And so I'm excited for that book to actually be in people's hands and hopefully, you know, helping bring good to the world. And of course, I'm doing webinars now. I'm doing some for overexcitabilities and intensities to help people really understand that who they're meant to be as a multi-potentialite or a person who has a lot going on is fully valuable. And to cheapen ourselves or play small doesn't work. My website is probably the best place to find me mm-hmm. and um, because I have everything there in one place. Nice. So thank you again so much. And and. Um... So for all of you listeners out there, if you like what you heard and excited about this podcast, please take a minute to um, subscribe. And if you want to write, write a review and share it with your friends, it goes a long, long way to getting this message that I so deeply believe needs to be out there. Um, and I really love you guys to support it in that fashion. And until next time, thank you so much. Thank you, Leslie. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode of Spirituality Out Loud. Be sure to rate us, review us, and like us on Facebook, and share us with your friends.